never said that I would give you silver or gold That you would never feel the fire of shiver in the cold But I did say you'd never walk through this world alone And I did say Don't make this world your home never said that fear wouldn't find you in the night or that loneliness was something you'd never have to fight but I did say I'd be right there by your side and I did say I'll always help you fight you know I made a promise that I intend to keep. My grace will be sufficient in every time of need. My love will be the anchor that you can hold on to. This is the promise. This is the promise I made to you. never said that friends wouldn't turn their backs on you or that the world around you wouldn't see you as a fool but I did say like me you will surely be despised and I did say my ways confound the wise I never said you wouldn't taste the bitter kiss of death I have to walk through chilly Jordan to enter into rest But I did say I'll be waiting right on the other side Oh yes And I did say I'll dry every tear you cry You know I made a promise That I'd prepared a place And someday sooner than you think You'll see me face to face And you'll sing with the angels And the countless multitude This is a promise This is a promise I made to you Don't turn to the left or right And in the midst of darkness Let this be your light That hell can separate us You're gonna make it through This is the promise This is the promise I made to you Oh, this is the promise 
Wasn't that a beautiful song? You know, God doesn't promise us an easy life, but he promises us his presence. And that he'll see us through until we get to that heavenly shore. And that is such an encouragement to me. No matter what we go through in the way of trials and difficulties, they're just for a short time. And then we will be with him forever, which is a long time, which is longer than our minds can even comprehend. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? We thank you, our Father, for the beautiful way that you have worked in our lives. We thank you for the free salvation that you have provided for us, Lord. And now as we look into your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will direct us and guide us this morning into all truth. Lord, I am conscious of my weakness and my inadequacy, but in your power and your adequacy. And I pray that it would be your words that are spoken this morning that will reach out by the Holy Spirit and touch lives and draw us to yourself, Lord. And we just want to thank you for the privilege we have. Please hide me behind the cross, and may you be glorified and magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, no one in history has had the impact of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not Aristotle, not Caesar, not Napoleon, not any great ruler has had the impact that our Lord Jesus Christ has had. His words not only touch the soul, but they, his hands touch the body, and his life touches the spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ can change a person's spirit, soul, and body. And that's why you can go to any self-help group you want, and you can make some steps like the 12-step program or whatever it is, and they can make outward changes, only Jesus can change the heart. Only he can change your life and give you a new heart and give you a new life to live for him. And that's why we recently celebrated his resurrection. We celebrated his death, his burial, and his resurrection over sin and over this world. And we can rejoice this morning that our God is a great God and he has great things in store for us. And today we're going to look at the subject, He has done all things well. Let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 7 and verse 31. Mark chapter 7, verse 31. The context of this passage is that the Lord Jesus Christ has just performed a great miracle. The lady that we know of as the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus in a great hour of need. Her daughter was demon-possessed and in great agony. And she came to the Lord as a Gentile, one who was not deserving before God. And the Lord said that it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. 
And she says, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs can get the crumbs from the master's table. And he was so amazed by her faith that he said, go your way, your daughter is well. And sure enough, it was that way. And now the Lord Jesus, his disciples and a huge crowd have made their way from where they were in that land, going through the region of Tyre and Sidon and through the area of Decapolis and into the Sea of Galilee. And that's where we take up our narrative this morning. And let us read this passage in verse 31. It says, Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephratha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but that the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, and here's our key verse of the day, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You know, there's two men, one in our passage today and one that we've studied about in the past, that had a great impact on their country. One was the demoniac in Mark chapter 5, and the other is this man who is deaf and who is mute here in this passage. Both of these men lived in the same area, and both of them went through this area of Decapolis, which was really not one city, but was composed of ten cities. And they went back with such a testimony that God touched lives through them in such a way. And I would like to think that each of them had an impact on a huge number of people. And you know, when our Lord Jesus Christ was in the gospel records in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, you see so many things that he did. He healed so many people, helped so many people. And what is really so exciting is he was always on the move. And one day his disciples came to him and said, Lord, everyone's looking for you. And he said, we must go to the other towns also because we must preach the gospel there. For this is the purpose for which I have come. And our Lord Jesus Christ covered many miles and he brought the word to so many people right where they were. And that's how much he loved us and that's how much he loved them. And we can rejoice today that he came by and met this man who is deaf and who is mute. You know, this is an amazing thing. And what I love about this story so much is we see in verse 32, then they brought to him one who is deaf. Who were the they? Who are the they? Are they his friends? Are they his family? Are they his neighbors? Who are the they in this passage? And they could be any number of people. But one thing about these people, they cared enough for this man to take him to Jesus. They know that Jesus could heal him. They had heard about him, maybe from the demoniac who was saved. And maybe they then said, our only hope for this man is to bring him to Jesus Christ. That was the only hope. And so they bring him to the Lord Jesus to heal him of his need. You know, it reminds me of the story 
of the four men that carried that paralyzed, crippled man. Remember that story and how they brought him? And they wanted to bring him into the house where Jesus was speaking, and they couldn't get in. There was too many, crowd, too many people. The crowd was so huge. And so what did they do? They went up to the roof, and they took off the tiles of the roof, and they lowered him down into the house so he could be right there to Jesus. My question for our hearts today, are we willing to bring people to Jesus like they did? Do we have people on our hearts like that that need the Savior and need his touch? And this man had, a, had two strikes against him. He really did. First, he was deaf. He couldn't hear a thing. And second, he was mute. You know, in our modern politically correct language, you have to say a person is mute. They used to say deaf and dumb. But you can see by the connotations of the word that we've changed it now to mute. And many versions say mute, but like the King James Version still, I think, says dumb. But he couldn't, he couldn't hear and he couldn't see. He lived in a world of silence. And we know how that can be from our, our little one, uh, Courtney. And we love Courtney so much. And if you remember when she was up here singing with those children the other day, it made us all cry. And she sang those songs and she also did the sign language. But back in these days, they didn't have sign language. They didn't have any, any way to do it. If you were deaf and you were mute and you couldn't speak and communicate, you were sunk. There was nobody to help you. They couldn't do a thing for them. But Jesus could. Jesus could. He had the power to heal the deaf and heal the mute and bring people to Christ. You know, it's kind of interesting because they say baby boomers now, which is my generation. I'm going to be 50 this year. I'm really getting up there now. But anyway, baby boomers now, they say, are losing their hearing at alarming rates. And the reason is, is because all the rock music heavy, loud rock music they've listened to for so long has made the hearing go. It's really a serious issue, especially when I'm driving down here in San Ramon and I'm driving my car. The other day I was driving my car in San Ramon and I looked over and there was a man in his car and he had the radio playing like two or three times louder than could be heard down the block. And I don't like that kind of rock music at all. And so I rolled up my windows and I put my music up nice Christian hymn uh, instrumental music because I had to drown it out because it's so loud. But sometimes, you know, Satan, what Satan does is he tries to drown out the music of the gospel, the message of the gospel so that people can't hear it. And he blares his music of greed and lust and evil and wickedness and riches and material things into our minds, into our ears every day. And that's why we as Christians need to say, Lord, Teach me from your word. I don't want to hear the message of this world. I want to hear the message of Jesus. You know, as, as a sinner, this is a perfect picture of a sinner, deaf toward God. He couldn't hear a thing. He couldn't communicate with God. He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. Bill McDonald says, maybe this impediment was caused by a physical deformity or maybe the fact happened that his hearing was so unclear that he couldn't reproduce words. At any rate, he pictures a sinner deaf to the voice of God and therefore unable to speak to others about him. And these people that brought this man to Jesus, notice what they did. They begged Jesus. I love that word. They begged Jesus. It's in the NIV and also in the New King James Version. They begged him. Another word for it is they implored him. They besought him. They entreated him. It's a very strong word. 
And when they beg Jesus, he will never turn a person down. When you beg Jesus, and I thought, Lord, help me to beg you for people that are without Christ. You know, when we pray for people, we shouldn't just pray and then get up and go our way. We should beg the Lord. How many have fathers and mothers here that don't know the Lord? Okay. Sons or daughters? Brothers or sisters? Friends at work? Neighbors? We all have them. Do we beg the Lord? Or do we just pray? You know, there's a difference between begging and asking. And the difference is when you ask something, you politely ask, quietly, could you do this? But when you beg somebody, you get down on your knees and beg them, please, please. And that's what they did. Please, Jesus, heal our friend. He can't hear and he can't speak. He needs you. And that's what they did. And they brought him to the Savior. May the Lord help us to have this kind of attitude like these friends had to beg the Lord and not to give up. We have people that we used to pray for at the men's prayer meeting that got saved as a result of those prayers. And they're now here in our midst. Jim Hyde's one of them. Mike used to always pray for my brother Jim. Pray for my brother Jim. And guess what? His brother Jim got saved. His wife Kathy got saved. Jamie got saved. Caitlin got saved. Now she's married to Rick. And the story goes on and on. When you ask and beg for the Lord to do something in your life, whether it's to save somebody or even some big need you have, he will not turn you away. He will answer those prayers in his timing according to his will. But we need to be desperate in our prayers. We need to be so concerned that we beg the Lord. Yes, that's our first point this morning. It's a great need that this man had. Couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. And then we're going to see the great healing that the Lord did for him in verses 34, 33 through 35. Notice it says here, And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to them, Ephratha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. You know, this is an amazing thing. The Lord took him aside from the crowd. Did you notice that? He took him aside. There's a lot of times when you speak to people about the Lord in a crowd, they won't listen. They, don't want, they were afraid what people are going to say about them. They're afraid to ask questions. They're afraid to open up to you and share what they're really feeling and thinking. But you get them away from the crowd into a one-on-one -on -one situation, and they're more receptive. And so that's what our Lord did. And this is one of the few miracles that he did in exactly this way. It's so amazing. He took him outside the crowd. Dr. Ironside in his commentary said, they besought Jesus to put his hands up upon him. That tender hand that so often lifted a blessing and touched the disease and uncleanness and it flew away. But the Lord dealt with this man in somewhat a peculiar manner. Instead of healing him openly before all the people, Recognizing the fact that opposition was developing, he took him aside from the multitude. And this miracle is so interesting because look how Jesus does it. He takes his fingers and puts it into his ears. Jesus never did another miracle exactly that way, but this man was deaf and this man could not hear. He puts his fingers into his ears. And then, not to mention that, but he, take, he spat. And he took the saliva and put it on his tongue. I was thinking Jesus had the power 
He was so holy and so pure that when he did that, he immediately healed this man. Immediately because of his power and his glory. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, did this. Because notice it says here, he looked up to heaven in verse 34 and sighed. He looked up to heaven and in other words, he was saying, Father, this one of your children here, this one of your, your creatures here that you have created, he can't hear. Father, bring power down so he can hear again. And bring power down so he can speak again. And this is an amazing thing. And then he uses this word, Ephratha, which means open. Be open. And he cries out, Ephratha. And it says, immediately, in verse 35, his ears were opened. Immediately. There was no delay at all. He could automatically hear, and he could automatically speak. And I love that word, immediately. It's found so many times in the Gospel of Mark, because Jesus does things immediately. And when he saves you, how does he save you? Immediately. When he provides for you, how does he do it? Immediately. When he loves you, how does he do it? Immediately. That's the fantastic thing. And this must have been a very emotional scene. And I was wondering and I was thinking about what were the first words that this man would have spoken. Maybe he had never spoken before in his life or maybe he had lost his hearing and lost his ability to speak. We don't know. But probably the first words that he spoke were this. I can hear. I can see. Thank you, Jesus. I can just imagine him so thrilled to be able to hear. And then somebody in the crowd probably said, Amen. And he said, I can hear that. And he's never heard a word before. He'd never spoken a word before. And all of a sudden, to hear his own voice, wow, is that what I sound like? You know, a lot of times when you go into communication classes, they have you record your voice. You have you get up there and then you record your voice and they play it back. None of us, I know I don't, like to hear my own voice when it comes out on one of those recorders. It sounds funny. It doesn't sound right. But this man, he said, that sounds pretty good. My voice sounded pretty good because Jesus healed me. He gave me two new ears and he gave me a new tongue. And he says he spoke plainly. He didn't stammer. He didn't have problems with words. I mean, this man spoke plainly. He spoke clearly so that everyone could understand him. Yes, when Jesus touches your life, when he touches my life, you're never the same again. I love that song that Bill Gaither wrote that says, He touched me. He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. You can imagine if the reporter was on the scene that day and he had his microphone and he went up to this, this man and tell us, tell us your, what, what happened, what happened to you? He said, well, all I can tell you is I was, I was deaf, I couldn't hear. And I was mute, I couldn't speak. And all of a sudden, Jesus put his fingers into my ears. He did what? Show me how he did it. He put his fingers into my ears. And then what did he do? Then he spat and he touched my tongue and he said, Ooh, that's kind of strange. How did that feel? Well, it felt great because now I can speak and now I can hear. And he would have been on the news that night as an amazing story of what Jesus can do. And you know, we all have stories like that to tell, how the Lord saved us, how he changed our lives. And if you're here today and you don't have a story about what Jesus did for you, this can be the day that you accept him too. But you have to come aside from the crowd. You have to come to Jesus and you have to let him heal you. You have to let him save you. You have to accept him as your personal savior. 
And then you, like this man who is deaf and who is mute, can go on rejoicing. What a great miracle the Lord performed for, those pe- for this man here. And then we see in verse 37, a tremendous testimony. And this is where we get the title of our message. He has done all things well. Notice it says in verse 37, And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. You know, this is a fantastic verse. It starts off and says they were astonished beyond measure. They were amazed about Jesus and what he did for this man. In our modern terminology, we would have to use the terminology, we were blown away. They were blown away. Isn't that true? That's what we use when we can't believe something. It blows my mind. It blows me away. I can't believe that Jesus healed this man. And people would go home and they would tell their loved ones and family members, you know what? We just witnessed a miracle. Well, what happened? Well, there was a, a, a man there and he couldn't hear and he couldn't see. And Jesus put his fingers in his ears and he touched his tongue. And all of a sudden he started speaking loud and he could hear perfectly well. I'll tell you, if I wasn't there and if I didn't see it with my own eyes and hear it with my own ears, I never would have believed it. And they had a story to tell. And that's why they were amazed by what Jesus did. And they said, he has done all things well. You know, Jesus, when he does things, doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't do it part way. He does it all the way. He does it perfectly well. Our Savior never makes mistakes. He never fails. He always comes through for us all the time. And as believers in Christ, these should, words should echo in our voices and in our hearts today. He has done all things well in my life. Can you say that today? Jesus has done all things well in my life. And as we look at our lives, we should be able to thank him and praise him for what he has done for us, how he has changed our lives, because he had unconditional love for you and I. He didn't say, well, Ed, I'm going to love you if, if you do this, this, or that. I'm going to forgive you, but you have to do this. You have to climb all these stairs on your knees. No, forget all of that. You're not saved by that. Or he's going to say, I'll love you, but you have to go to church every Sunday the rest of your life, and you miss one, you're out. No. He says, I love you unconditionally. I died on the cross for your sins, and all you have to do is accept me as, our, as your Savior, and you'll be with me forever. Nothing could be easier than that. And yet the world complicates it, convolutes it, and gets people thinking there's another way that you have to add to that work of Christ. And you can't add to it, and you can't take away from it. You know, when it comes to our salvation, we can say, He has done all things well. Because we didn't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to be saved. But He loves us that much. And when it comes to our daily lives, we can say the same thing. He does all things well. He provides for our needs. He, he gives us hope and comfort and joy in our lives. Yes, he does all things well. And when it comes to our jobs, he does all things well. He gives us the job and he gives us the grace to do it. And I'm thankful for that. Right now, I've got a lot on my plate at work. It's like a double plate. Twice as much work as I ever had before. And every day I say, Lord, it's impossible to do this. They're asking so much out of this, but give me grace. I surrender it to you. And then we can say, he has done all things well. Because God doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't give you a job or a husband or a wife or kids or a home or these things and make mistakes about it. 
He gives you perfectly what's, what's right for you. He's done all things well. And you know, when we come to prayer, we can say the same thing. He does all things well. And I thank the Lord so many times that God didn't answer my prayer sometimes the way I asked it. Because think of all the things I would have, all the burdens I would have, if I would have gotten my way. But when we pray, we say, Lord, let your will be done. If it's your will, let it be done. We were hearing the story recently about this man in China. Lorraine was sharing with me about, in Dr. Stanley's publication, there's a believer, Brother Yun was his name. And he was one of the first converts over there in China that started the gospel really going forth in China. And the persecution is still tremendous over there. And he got out in 1997. They kept putting him in prison and they kept torturing him and all these things happened. Well, he had a father who had cancer. And they were going to invite all the people over to... Uh, basically to come to his funeral. And so he prayed, God, if this is your will, please heal my father of this cancer. And then he left it in the Lord's hands. Well, all the people were coming over. They were dressed in black. They had all ready for the funeral. You know, the ladies all dressed in black dresses, men in black suits. They knocked on the door, and guess who answered? The father answered. They said, you're supposed to be dead. Well, not only was he not dead, but he was alive and he didn't have cancer. The cancer was gone. It was a modern-day miracle. He does all things well. Now, he may not do that for every person that exact way, but he loves us, he cares for us, he does all things well. And what God allows and what God brings to our life is perfect for us in every way. I like what Billy Graham said about this man. He says, No man ever loved like Jesus. He taught the blind to see and the dumb to speak. He died on the cross to save us. He bore our sins. And now God says, because he did, I can forgive you. Isn't that wonderful? I can forgive you because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Yes, he does all things well. Sometimes in our lives when we go through difficulty and trials and afflictions and pain and we wake up with the pain in the morning, we go to bed with pain in the evening, Sometimes it gets our perspective off of the Lord, and he wants us to put it back on him. He wants us to say, thank you, Lord. You have done all things well. You have allowed this trial for a little while. You're doing something in my life that you want to make me a better Christian. You want to make me a growing Christian, pleasing in your sight. And when we pray those kind of prayers, he'll do it. I read a very touching story of a preacher by the name of William Vetch who lived in 1680. And he was dragged away by the authorities and taken into prison, into jail, and he was beaten and all these things, and he was sentenced to death. And he sent word to his wife, Marion, these words. He does all things well. Trust in the Lord and fear not what man can do. Not many moments after that, they brought news that William was to be hanged. She got on a horse. This is such an amazing story. She got on a horse and rode at blinding speed through a snowstorm to arrive at the jail at midnight. Get this, at midnight. And they gave her a few minutes to speak with her husband. And then she went back to her friend's house to weep and to pray. The next day, this man who was the prosecutor said this. He said, Vetch will hang tomorrow. That was his announcement. Just those words. Vetch will hang tomorrow. Three words. And then he went off to have a party at one of his friends' house. And he stayed pretty late. 
drinking and carousing and so forth till after 10 o'clock at night. And that night was dark and cold. And when he left for home, he never arrived. Two days later, his body was found in the river, frozen up to his arms in solid block of ice. William Vetch was released, and his wife, Marion, lived with their children to an old age, passing on their godly heritage to their children and to their grandchildren. The Lord's peace, as usual, had followed his providence. Can't we say today, whatever our story, whatever our situation, whatever we're going through in our lives, he has done all things well. Thank God he knows our situations. He loves us so much. And can we say with calmness and courage and conviction, yes, Jesus has done all things well for me. The psalmist said in Psalm 126 and verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And we can rejoice this morning as we conclude our message that if we have needs in our lives, Jesus can meet them. If we have problems, he has solutions for them. If we have difficulties, he's going to see us through. All we have to do is trust in him and surrender to him and say, Lord, you have done all things well in the past. You are doing all things well now in the present, and you will do all things well in the future. And if he's given us that promise, like Jenny was singing today, he's given us that promise, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Can't we go home rejoicing today that he has done all things well. Shall we just close and ask the Lord to bless us this morning? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. You sent him in this world. You sent him to save sinners like us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing this man who was deaf and who was mute. Lord, he couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. He was in a desperate condition. And we thank you, Father, that you sent him from heaven to come down and die for us and to heal us of our iniquities and of our sins. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us a brand new life. And if there's anyone here this morning that has not accepted you as Savior, may they come forward today. May they ask for prayer. May they want to receive you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior. To be like this man whose ears were open and whose tongue was loose to speak plainly the words of God. And Lord, as Christians today, those who know you as our Savior, we want to say you have done all things well. You're working in our lives, Lord. We know there's going to be trials and problems and pain and difficulties. Help us to look beyond them, Lord, and help us to look to you, to trust in you, and know that you have it all under your control. We thank you and praise you for this morning. Dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.